as a leader starts to figure out what works for them, they add that into their toolbox and it becomes like their voice. Everyone has a unique leadership style and that leadership style comes through experience sometimes. It also comes to them sometimes natural. So there's two types of leaders, right? That people believe that you can be born a leader or that you can learn to be a leader. And I'm of the big belief that you can learn how to be a better leader even if you're born as a good leader. Alan has started and grown several multi-million dollar businesses. His mission is to help you do the same. Welcome to the Business Growth Pod, building the future one entrepreneur at a time. Hey everyone, welcome to the Business Growth Pod. I'm your host, Alan Draper. I am very excited about our episode today. I think I personally have a lot to learn from it. Before we get there, I wanted to ask a favor. Please go to the platform where you listen to this podcast and leave a review. Let me know the things that I'm doing well, things that I can do better. And also the way that you can kind of pay it forward, say thank you for this content is if you could share an episode of this podcast that you feel speaks to you and could speak to a friend or family member, please, please share it. Today, I'm excited to welcome to the show Atlas Altman. After almost three decades of being on elite military teams, Atlas started writing books on leadership to capture lessons for future generations to learn without having to take the hard roads of the no-fail missions, combat zones, and poor mindsets that many leaders like Atlas had to overcome. Atlas has written three bestsellers explaining the basics of leadership from the perspective of an awarded, professionally trained, and educated elite military team leader who has logged hundreds of successful missions worldwide while helping thousands grow in their leadership for massive amounts of success. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show, Atlas. Thanks, Alan. I appreciate you guys having me on. This is a fantastic podcast. I've listened to about four or five episodes just this week. I can't stop listening to it. So thank you for getting this out for everyone. As an entrepreneur myself, I know it's teams like this that you're building that'll help a lot of people. And I just applaud you for this. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I mean, you talked about teams. Let's get right into it. I've learned over you know, the last decade or so the importance of surrounding myself with really good people. I imagine that you have some thoughts and feelings about that. You know, what's the importance of one, being a good team player, and two, the importance of having a good team around you? Yeah, that's a great question. The team aspect is absolutely vital to any success. Teamwork makes the dream work, as they say. And that is so true. So from my perspective, I'll take a couple routes. I'm going to answer this in three parts. The first one is the teamwork portion is extremely important. And my time at the White House, I had to go through a lot of selection process to get there. And then even more selection process to be on the staff at the White House. And then my time in special operations, I had to go through weeks of onboarding and selection training where a lot of people didn't make it onto the team. And then every day when I was in special operations, I had to prove myself as worthy of being on the team. And that is something that I took for granted until being an entrepreneur. And I started realizing, wow, I was really blessed and fortunate to have some really great team members. How am I going to do that in my business? So as the good saying from Gary Vee is, hiring is guessing, firing is knowing. 
So I've been doing a lot of firing lately of team members that just aren't making it as fast as I want to, the quality that I want to make. And that's kind of the the three-part episode for teams. The other part that I'll answer for teams is what's important on a team. See, whenever we're faced with a problem, we ask these three questions and, and there are, how much is it going to cost? How much time is it going to take? And then who's going to do it? And that's a Simon Sinek start with why approach. It's very old, does not work. And what you'll find when you take that approach is you spend a whole lot more money and a whole lot more time doing whatever it is that you set out to do. So flipping the script, I always approach it this way. And this is my book that's about to be published here in about three months. It's called Rule of Three Leadership. And it's real simple. It's who's going to do it. And then they'll tell you how much time and how much money it's actually Mm going to take. And that mindset is what I found at the White House, what I found in special operations in Ranger teams, SEAL teams, Delta teams. It doesn't matter what team that you're on that's elite. They always look at the person first and putting those people into the team where they belong. It's a hard job that requires daily attention. So the third part to this whole thing is the team aspect has to have communication. And so what I found very, very, very early is that if I don't communicate effectively, I'm going to spend a lot more time communicating to get my intent across. And what that looks like is different for everybody, but everyone's different and they communicate different. And that creates a different team dynamic. So those are my three answers to your one question. Sorry about that. No, that's awesome. You know, I think some of the most successful people that I look up to as mentors or authors or whatever, they're really good at attracting and retaining talented people. Hmm. And I've noticed that I kind of have a knack for this. And I I wish I did it deliberately, but I didn't. I kind of fell into it a little bit. And one of the things that I've noticed, which was part of my personality, which catered to having people want to surround them, want to you know, spend time with me and be on my teams was exactly what you were talking about, Simon Sinek, mm-hmm. is you find the individual and then you let them determine how they're going to solve a problem or attack a project. And I fell into that because of my personality. My personality is, hey, I've got so many things going on. I don't have time to micromanage you. I don't. And it's really, in my situation, has become an immediate sink or swim. So it's it's really great for autonomous, highly motivated, self-driven, high-achieving individuals. Yeah, It's really bad for people that need to be told what to do. And Mm. I've run into that situation quite a bit where I've hired somebody that I thought would fill, you know, those spots or kind of match that personality or that approach. And I found that there are people out there, Atlas, that they want to be told what to do. They want to be micromanaged. Absolutely. And it's just doesn't fit within what I'm trying to do because of all the things that I'm involved with. So there's this idea that going back to what Simon Sinek said, that you find great people and let them do what they're great at. I think that's a you know a, a really good point. Yeah. He focuses on why and uses a sales approach using Apple. And that was when, all right, so I'm going to, I'm totally going to blow it up. I talked to a couple TEDx stage curators and I'm going to be on a TEDx here pretty soon. So oh, that's his, awesome. His start with why theory, mm-hmm. it's the most watched TED talk. I don't know if yeah, you Yeah, the golden that. circle. 
That's right. Yeah. I knew that. Yep. Yeah. And the the number two, if you doubled it, wouldn't have as many views as that one. And the audio visual, everything went wrong with that except for his delivery. And he did a perfect sales pitch to that delivery. But where he was wrong and what he missed is what's timeless. It's who, what, where, when, and why. Those are the five W's, right? And they're in that order. And that was passed down generational knowledge to all of our, our folks. And, and we seem to forget that. It starts with who, not mm. why. It actually ends with why. So if everyone has their own why, it goes back to communication. And they're trying to communicate why they're doing something. You're going to have to fire a lot of people because they're going to mm. be self-serving. They want to be told what to do. You're absolutely right. And when they ask why, it's a delay. It's one of those Ds, right? The four Ds of when you get a task, do, delegate, delay, or dump. That's how a normal person will react whenever they have a job that they feel comfortable in and they don't want to step out of that comfort zone to actually do something that impacts the world. And that's how that's how it all rolls out, unfortunately. It's, it's starting with who, though. It's always starting mm-hmm. with who. So that's the title of my speech. And I go into how that worked with the president. One of the stories that got me to the national stage as a, one of the top speakers in America was one I'll share with you now is President Obama was really big on meet and greets. And when I was advancing him, like going in front of him before he went into a room, I saw an old man in a wheelchair and he was just crouched over. And when the president came in to meet him, he said, how you doing, young man? And immediately that man transformed. His wrinkles disappeared off of his face and his shoulders rocked back and his chest came out. And that old man became a young man for a split second. And in that moment, I didn't realize it until later. I was like, that moment was for me. Like, I don't have to be the president of the United States to give somebody that type of attention. And that's usually what people need. They don't really need to be told what to do if they're willing to do whatever they need to do for that successful, motivating factor. So that start with who is a big deal for me. And I've seen it for almost you know three decades. And all of my organizations have won major awards that commanded like unbelievable successes and innovation. And it wasn't because I started with why. It was always because I found the right person and said, dude, I empower you to do this or girl, you got this. I know you can do this. And that self-doubt that they overcome, that mental mind track that most people just don't get into because they don't feel comfortable, bro, that's what wins it every day of the week and twice on Monday when you start it again. You know, that's a really interesting take on, I mean, because Simon Sinek ended up writing a book after the Golden Circle, Start With Why, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's an interesting point because I agree with you 100%. I read a book this summer that is titled Who Not How. Mm. I'm trying to remember the author. I'll have to put it in the show notes. But the idea is if you have something you want to achieve or you have a problem you want to overcome or opportunity you want to seize, whatever, that you should look into who can help you, not how you can get it done. And you find the right who, and then they'll bring the how with them. And so- Dan Sullivan. Dan Sullivan. Dan Sullivan, that's that's right. And I've read a couple of his books. And I guess the idea is you kind of combine that with what Simon Sinek is saying. And the way that I take it is Simon Sinek is saying like, you start with your why. Mm -hmm. You start with your why then you can attract people that share that why, right? That has to be that way because all of the stories that he shares in the golden circle, he talks about 
Martin Luther King, he talks about Apple, he talks about the Wright brothers, mm-hmm. right? Nobody did that alone, but I think it's a really good point. I think we, as individuals and especially as leaders, we get really clear on what we're trying to accomplish and why we're trying to accomplish it. Then we sell that vision to others. And when others match that vision, when they're like, yes. And you know what's really cool? I think the the rising generation, they get a lot of heat, the younger, you know, the 20-year-olds, 25-year-olds. I think they get a lot of heat for different things. But one thing that I've noticed, having employed quite a few of them over the years, is that they want purpose. Mm. They'll take a pay cut. They'll live in their parents' basement, but they want purpose. And so as leaders, we can take our why and say, hey, it may not match what you're trying to accomplish. It may not. Mm. But for those people that it does, I think we're going to find really good leaders. I agree 100% with that. But again, I got to go back to his examples are all who's. Okay, so it goes back to this. Who are you? And if you find out who you are and there isn't a business model that you fit into, then who are you? You become an entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. Because you know the world needs that. And a lot of people are going to agree with that, but they don't want to step out on their own and be that entrepreneur that the world needs. So whenever you find that powerful force, for me, I found four people recently in the last year they can help me complete a package. And we're doing that now. So we're doing a session tomorrow for, I can't name the company, but it's the America's largest employer, put it that way. And we're doing a three-part series. I have a guy by the name of Tommy that's really good at storytelling. And he's going to say, this is how I do it. And then for me, I think you need to have a book as an entrepreneur or any leader, because if you write down your thoughts, it's just like a business plan, may not go as planned, but at least you're getting it out of your head and it becomes real. And then you can reprogram your subconscious to what that is. And then I have another person by the name of Randy Lanning, who's going to come in and talk about stagecraft because he became one of the top speakers in America because he can control stage. So between those three, we're having that conference tomorrow and we'll have another one in Phoenix in March. I'll make sure I send an invite to anyone who's invited. We'll get a special package. So I'll put a, a put some specifically for your show out there so that your listeners awesome. can get a, a free access instead of awesome. having to pay. But we're going to do that in March. We're going to bring in some other people, uh, professional athletes, billionaires, and they're going to talk about how they use stages like a podcast, for example, to change and impact the world that, that we live in. And it's just powerful. All of that stuff, that who that I am, I figured out where I belong on this team. Because my part completes the whole package. But each one of us had to figure out who we were before we could figure out what we were going to do and how we're going to do it. So in the golden circle, he puts why in the middle, how outside of that, and what it is. Because if you don't know mm-hmm. what you're doing, then, then you're going to be lost. If you don't know how you do it, then you're not going to get it done. So you got to figure out what your why is. And, and I disagree. I think it's you got to figure out who you are. And then you'll figure out how you're going to do it and what it is that you're going to do perfectly. Hmm. So I'm just taking the same circle and I'm replacing one word (laughs) and it works. It's worked. I mean, I've been in a lot of situations where civil metal is not an option. If we lose, we die. And failure is just not an option when you're talking to the world's most powerful leader. And all of those things always focused on 
who, who was going to be there at the right time. And it worked out every time. Man. I give it back. I could talk all day on who. <laughs> I'm like an owl. I really like that story, you know, about kind of seeing people for who they can become and helping people kind of double down on their belief system and things like that. As a leader, how do we do that in a genuine way where it doesn't feel forced? Where, and I'm not talking about somebody that we see once, you know, we pass them in the street or whatever, but somebody that we rub shoulders with or we have a meeting with several times a week. How do we do that where we build them up? We help them because we do this as parents, right? Mm -hmm. Like if, if our kids get frustrated or upset, it's like, man, I wish you could see yourself like I see you. Yeah. I think that would change a lot. So how do we do that on a regular basis while staying genuine and not so it doesn't feel forced? Yeah. We talked a little bit about this earlier. If you take a couple parts from everyone's book, you can formulate your own opinion or strategy on what it is that you need to do. So I talked about this in a show with Ramona Shaw actually a couple of years ago. The premise is this, as a man's voice changes, they have the option to change their voice and mimic their dad or their uncle. And Hmm. everyone knows that they're faking it. It's like an imposter or someone who mimics someone else and they just go off on a voice tone. Everyone sees them for who they are. They don't come off as themselves. So as a leader starts to figure out what works for them, they add that into their toolbox and it becomes like their voice. Everyone has a unique leadership style and that leadership style comes through experience sometimes. It also comes to them sometimes natural. So there's two types of leaders, right? That people believe that you can be born a leader or that you can learn to be a leader. And I'm of the big belief that you can learn how to be a better leader, even if you're born as a good leader. So adding all of these different tones, like a voice, it will actually amplify your ability to find out who you uniquely are as a leader. And that's, that's so critical. So that's a great question. Thanks, Alan. You know, it brings up a great point, And that is, as a leader, you have to be able to, you know, control what you can control and let the other stuff go. And you have to be the kind of voice of reason and calm in the midst of what feels like a storm or whatever. I share a story quite often where I was flying from Phoenix to Boston and very smooth ride. And I'm not a huge fan of turbulence myself, for it, which is means something because of how much I, f- I fly. And I remember I was like watching this flight attendant. She was walking down the aisle and all of a sudden it just like just rocked the plane just out of nowhere. And she went down. She like hit the ground and then she pops back up and she's like, oh, a couple of bumps. And then just kept walking. And I was <laughs> like, and this was like my first or second year in business. And I'm like, that's how I have to be with my business regardless of what's going on inside of me. There are Mm. people watching me. There are people that I'm leading that are looking to me for this emotional support, for stability. And as leaders, we have to have that regardless of this inward turmoil that we feel, we have to be able to acknowledge the things we can't control, but also stay calm when things seem to be going crazy And I wanted you to talk a little bit about that and some of your experience with that. Yeah. So the mindset that goes along with that is crazy and everyone experiences it different in different situations. So 
the first time I was in command, I had what was described in 1978 by a psychiatrist. She dubbed it imposter syndrome. And it's when you, you don't feel like you're capable of doing the thing that you were put in position for. And she thought it was uniquely to women. And then she did the study in 93, I believe. And she found out everyone experiences this. Hmm. And so once you realize that's real, you can start to process that and realize that you're fully capable of doing it or you wouldn't be there. That's one. The second thing that that I, I'll tell you is it's amazing that people don't see how valuable they are to the equation until they're pulled out of it. And I talked to a lot of CEOs that are like, hey, if I wasn't here, this business wouldn't run. And I'm like, okay, well, pull yourself out and see who steps up. And inevitably, they always find somebody that'll step up and make the business go. And then that person becomes their trusted confidant. And you Mm -hmm. can talk to that person back and forth because you really have that unique ownership that's there. But like the president of the United States, the first time I I engaged with him at an event, I couldn't sleep the night before because I knew it was going to be me and him, only me and him talking. And that was a uniquely weird experience to where I, I processed that stress differently than I did combat. And then I did command those type of stresses. Whenever they come up to you, just realize what they are, but also you have the power to persevere through all of that. And you got to remember where you came from. The mirror check is a good way to do that. Just looking in the mirror. If you Mel Robbins, if you know her, uh, Mel Robbins has this thing where she says, Hey, I know it's silly, but give yourself a high five in the mirror. And whenever you're feeling down, if you give yourself a high five in the mirror, it's been proven to clinically boost your spirits and make you more able to do whatever it is that you're doubting yourself on. So Mel Robbins, another TED Talk, Mel Robbins wrote a book on that and her experiences. And I tried it for a week and I actually (laughs) got a lot out of it. And it sounds weird. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be admitting that in public, but hey, you know, I gave myself a high five in the mirror a couple of days and it worked. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I think, and a lot of this, you know, that we talk about on this show and that I try to do personally is you find out what works for you and mm-hmm. you take bits and pieces from one author or one podcast or one video or whatever, and you see what works. And I think that's an important part of, of leadership and self-improvement mastery over overall. Well, Atlas, this has been fantastic. Where can people reach out to you if they want to learn more about all the things that you're doing and accomplishing? Yeah, I'm getting ready to start a series to help people become bestsellers. So that's starting on Friday. And they can reach out to me on Instagram. That's where I'm most popular. And that's Atlas, A-T-L-A-S underscore Altman, A-U-L-T-M-A-N. I have people hit me up from around the world with speaking tips and advice and then just picking the right words and the right sequence. And I'm pretty responsive on that. So Instagram, I also have a website, leaders-kit, K-I-T, and there I have different kits that are available, including the one I just told you about, the conference we're getting ready to do in Phoenix, all of that stuff's coming on. So it's going to be great. And I love helping people. I love watching them succeed. And then adding bestseller to your name, that's better than doctor. <laughs> that's huge. Well, congratulations on all the success, man. I'm excited to kind of follow your journey and and watch you as you continue to grow. And I'm sure I have a few things to learn from you. So thanks for joining us today and best of luck in the future. Thanks, Alan. Great. 
If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a rating. And for daily inspiration and business tips, follow Alan on Instagram. Until next time, remember, we build the future one entrepreneur at a time. Thank you.